The Murder of Georgia Williams To his neighbors and schoolmates in Wellington, England, Jamie Reynolds seemed like a normal young man, but he liked to play the role of the heartbroken boy that never gets the girl. He would post on social media how he was cursed when it came to girls and how he would be forever alone. Jamie also had a thing for redheads. One girl in particular, Georgia Williams. But in addition to redheads, he had a much darker obsession as well. 22-year-old Jamie had a crush on a younger high school girl named Georgia Williams. Georgia was a bright, vibrant 17-year-old redhead who was very active in her school and was voted head girl, a title similar to class president in U.S. schools. Jamie was in the same class as Georgia's older sister. On Facebook and Ask FM, Jamie made multiple attempts to get Georgia to become his girlfriend and had tried to kiss her once, but he was quickly shot down. Georgia wasn't interested, and she made that clear to him. She liked him as a friend, but claimed she wasn't interested in having a boyfriend at the time. But on April 5th, when Georgia posted on Facebook that she was in a new relationship, it upset Jamie. Whenever I arrange dates, they never happen, or the girl magically gains a boyfriend. He posted, And it's worse when you actually like someone. You're stuck. Happy they're happy, but unhappy because it's not you. Jamie thought of himself as an aspiring photographer. At least that's what he told the girls. He put together a plan to lure Georgia into his home while his parents were away on vacation in Italy. Jamie told her he was working on an art project and wanted to recreate a fake hanging photo shoot and he needed Georgia to be the model. He told her he wanted it to be an artistic floating image. Jamie assured her that several of her friends would be there watching the photo shoot, but that was a lie. She was the only one invited. Georgia checked with her parents to make sure it was okay. Her parents knew Reynolds as he worked at a nearby gas station and only lived a five-minute walk away. They thought of him as a normal boy from the neighborhood and thought her other friends would be there too, so they assumed she would be safe. On Sunday, May 26, 2013, Georgia got dressed for the photo shoot in the clothes that Reynolds got for her, told her parents goodbye, and left. Just as she headed out the door at 7.30 p.m., she got a text from Jamie. I'm so excited. Please don't be late. That was the last time Georgia's parents saw her alive. At 10.30 that night, when Georgia didn't show up at home, her mother sent her a text. Where are you? What are you doing? A text reply came back immediately. I've left with some friends, going to be out for a while. I'll see you later. XXX. The XXX at the end of her text was something Georgia would normally add to her texts. They represented kisses, one for each of her family members. At 6 a.m. the next morning, when Georgia still had not arrived back home, her mother sent her another text. This time, she didn't get a reply for about two hours. I stayed at friends. I'm fine, but my battery is dying too. Reynolds is playing a cruel joke on her parents. By saying that the battery is dying too, 
he's leaving a gruesome hint that Georgia is dying or is already dead. Georgia was planning on attending a music festival that Monday, so after that last text, her parents didn't think much of her being gone most of the day. They assumed she was at the festival. It wasn't until the evening when phone calls to Georgia's phone went unanswered before her parents really started to worry. They started calling her friends, but nobody seemed to know where she was. Georgia's older sister texted Jamie, but he feigned concern, claiming she left him voluntarily and safe. He even offered to help look for her. Georgia was excited to have her first driving lesson, which was scheduled for Tuesday morning. Her parents knew something was wrong when she hadn't arrived by Tuesday morning, and they called police. The first thing police did was a background check of the person she was last seen with, Jamie Reynolds. Just a quick look at his background told a dreadful story. They knew this was not a runaway case. This was a kidnapping. For only a young man of 22, Reynolds had a dark and disturbing past. Without informing her parents, police rushed to Reynolds' house and broke the door down. Inside, there was no sign of Georgia or Reynolds, but they noticed that Reynolds' parents' van was missing. Police put out a nationwide manhunt across the United Kingdom to find Jamie Reynolds and the van. When police searched Reynolds' house, they found proof that Georgia was indeed dead and that she had died in a horrific manner. Investigators found memory cards from his digital camera that he attempted to wipe clean, but using recovery software, they were able to recover photos that Reynolds assumed had been erased. There were photos of her alive with a noose around her neck. Then there were photos of her naked and dead. He hung her in various rooms throughout the house and photographed her. Then he took photos of himself having sex with her lifeless corpse. The photos showed that he had her dressed in the clothes he bought for her and he restrained her with handcuffs. He placed a boat oar over two beams in the loft, slung the noose around the oar, and tied the end of the rope to the banister of the stairs. He then had her stand on a wooden box and put the rope around her neck. Suddenly, he pulled the noose tight and kicked the box out from underneath her, taking photos and watching all while she kicked and tried to scream as the life drained out of her. The photos showed he then laid her dead body on the bed and sexually assaulted her for over an hour. He dragged her body downstairs and positioned it all over the house, taking pictures of himself in sexual positions with the body for several hours. In the early morning hours of Wednesday, May 29th, police spotted the van parked outside a Premier Inn just outside of Glasgow, Scotland, almost five hours away. Jamie Reynolds was inside the hotel and taken into custody for questioning. During the interrogation, Reynolds was emotionless. He refused to help police in any way, and despite the photos, refused to admit he murdered Georgia. He claimed he had no idea where Georgia was and had no recollection of anything at all, an excuse he had used before. It was clear Reynolds would be no help. Police continued searching the house and began tracing his steps from the day he left Wellington in the van until his arrest in Glasgow. 
Investigators located security camera footage of him filling up the van with gas, and another camera showed that he had stopped off in Wrexham, Wales to watch a movie. He calmly spent a few hours watching Fast and Furious 6, a movie he had asked Georgia to see with him. He then stopped at a shopping mall to buy a new watch. After searching his route, they still found no trace of Georgia, so they asked the media for help. They had hoped that they could get some clues if the public knew what they were looking for. They were in luck. Someone came forward and said they recognized both the van and Jamie Reynolds. They informed the police that his van was stuck in mud on a country road near a wooded area called Nanty Garth Pass, and they stopped to help him. Just three days after Georgia was reported missing, the people led police to the area where Reynolds' van was stuck. Nearby, Georgia's body was found, naked, unburied in the woods. Reynolds was charged with murder. Police now realized that while the surveillance video showed him pumping gas, Georgia was dead inside the back of the van. She was also in the back of the van when he stopped off to watch the movie. When police finished their search of Jamie Reynolds' house, they found evidence that he had meticulously planned the murder down to the last detail, and he had planned on doing the same scenario to several other girls. He had even taken time to answer two calls from other potential victims during his murder of Georgia. He was a serial killer in the making. Detectives discovered 40 stories he had written that basically read like a script of his plans for the murders. One was titled, Georgia's Surprise. During the investigation, the police found that Reynolds had messaged 16 young women and invited them to his house the same week to take part in his photo shoots. It's believed his intentions were to line up backups in case his plans with Georgia didn't work. When police looked into Reynolds' background, they quickly realized none of this should have been allowed to happen. Jamie Reynolds had a dangerous obsession with sexual violence against women that should have been given more attention by authorities long before this happened. In 2008, when he was 17 years old, Reynolds attacked a 16-year-old redhead girl under similar pretenses. Reynolds lured the girl to his home while his parents were away. He told her he wanted her to pose for photographs for an art project he was working on. When the girl refused to go upstairs with him, he attacked. She managed to fight him off, bit him, and broke one of his ribs. Once she escaped, she went to the police. They only gave him a final warning and counseling. Two weeks after that incident, Reynolds' parents showed police and his psychiatrist images that they had found on his computer. Jamie has had a strange obsession with snuff films and extreme porn since he was 14 years old. He liked to watch films of simulated rape, killing, and necrophilia. He had amassed a collection of 16,800 images and 70 movies of women being asphyxiated, hung, raped, and murdered, including sex with the corpses. Even more disturbing, Jamie had a collection of photos of girls that went to his school. He had taken their photos from Facebook and photoshopped nooses around their necks, including Georgia Williams. There were more photos of women being attacked with the faces of girls he knew 
pasted on the female faces, and his face pasted over the faces of the attackers. They alerted none of these girls of this fact. Even after notifying police, his parents were told just to restrict his access to porn. They put all the burden upon the parents. But this wasn't your everyday vanilla porn. It was much more sadistic. This was violent porn that depicted simulated rape and torture, which ended in death. His parents put software blocks on his computer, but Jamie could easily get past those and was even able to install his own routers in their home so he could fulfill his sick fantasies undetected. A few years later, in August 2011, Reynolds made advances to a girl at his work. When he persisted, she confronted him and told him in no uncertain terms, no. He then got in his car and purposely rammed his car into hers in anger. When he was arrested for George's murder, images of this girl were found on his hard drive with a Photoshop noose around her neck. Just three months before Georgia Williams' murder, Reynolds had lured another young girl to his home, another redhead. Again, his parents were out of town. He locked the doors to the house and told her he had lost the keys. He tried to persuade her to stay the night, but she could see through his ruse. She screamed and threatened to break the windows and climb out when he miraculously found the keys and let her go. After George's murder, they found notes he had left himself that showed he had plans to hang the girl. These were all the things that police and several social services knew about, yet Jamie Reynolds was only given warning after warning. Six different agencies knew about Jamie's dangerous obsessions, but did nothing to stop him. If police and social services had coordinated information, registered him earlier as a sex offender, and monitored his actions, Georgia may have known of his background and her life may have been spared. Georgia's family spent the next six months assuming they would have to go through a full trial. Reynolds was saying nothing. Just five days before the start date of the trial, Reynolds finally submitted a guilty plea. The judge, however, showed no leniency. Because of his potential to become a serial killer, Jamie Reynolds was sentenced to a full-life sentence, meaning he will never be released. In the UK, this is a very rare sentence, with only about 100 offenders serving a full-life sentence. Jamie Reynolds is among the youngest with this sentence. Thanks for listening to True Crime Sleep Stories. If you aren't asleep yet, consider following the show. Maybe our next story will give you the peace of mind you desperately need. Or not.